The following is a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. Get ready, Baltimore. It's time for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is Top of the Road. Your Monday night wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Gil Kuda Jr. Welcome to Top of the Road, ladies and gentlemen. Gil Kuda Jr. here. Man, I got a lot to go over for you this upcoming week. And of course, this past weekend, NXT TakeOver 25 has outdone itself again. I'm not going to go too deep into that. Because in the next segment, this is when we're going to try to get into that. I'm going to tell you what's going on when we get closer to that. But there's a lot of other things going on this week. For example, the New Japan Best of Super Juniors have finally wrapped up their round-robin-style competition. So I have final tallies for you guys. You NBA fans will appreciate my analogy. Because A Block is like the East, okay? And then B Block is like the West. All right? And let, let, me, let me break that down as I give you the numbers. Here's A Block. Shingo Takagi had 18 points, which basically means he went all but undefeated. Uh, he pretty much won everything. Then Taji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier, and Dragon Lee each had 14 points apiece, which is seven wins. Marty Skrull and Sho had 10 points, which is five wins. Then Jonathan Gresham had eight points. Tiger Mask and Titan had six apiece. Kenemaru had four, and Taka Michinoku had zero. Now, that is the east of the NBA. Why? Because there's a guy with 18 points, two guys with 14, and then it just goes down from there. <laughs> now, B-Block is the west. Here's why. Will Ospreay won the block with 14 points. And then, Toguchi, El Fantasmo, Bushi, and Yo all had 12 points apiece. There was a four-way tie for second. And then Robbie Eagles and Bandito had 10 points apiece. They weren't that far off either. Then Rocky Romero had six, Doki had two, and Narita had zero. So that means the finals of the Best of Super Juniors is officially set, which means the winner of A Block, Shingo Tagagi, will take on the winner of B Block, Will Ospreay. We get Shingo versus Ospreay, man! That's 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 a mate. That's a heck of a match. That's on Wednesday, by the way. If you want to get up, uh, get up early or stay up late, depending on your preference. That's going to be at three a.m. Eastern because it's in Japan. They have different time than we do. But yes, yeah, Shingo is going to take on Will Osprey. Also on that show, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose is going to take on Juice Robinson for the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Championship. That's a really cool idea. That's kind of like the Gaijin title. By the way, if you don't know, uh, I'm sure a lot of you do, but I, I got to keep everybody informed here. When I say Gaijin, that means if you wrestle in Japan and you're not a Japanese guy. That's what that means. If you're not a Japanese guy and you wrestle in Japan, the term for you is a Gaijin. So that's kind of what the U.S. title is. It's kind of all of the non-Japanese guys' title. I'm not saying a Japanese guy can't win it. I'm not saying a Japanese guy won't. But I think that's kind of the idea for the moment. You know, Kenny Omega was the first one. Cody Rhodes won it. Juice Robinson has it now. And John Moxley is going to take on Juice Robinson for said title on Wednesday. And then another match on that card, a big one, is Hiroshi Tanahashi, face of New Japan, versus Jay White. The Switchblade, former New Japan heavyweight champion. However, not anymore. So that's going to be a heck of a night, man. Wednesday's going to be great. I don't know if those are the only three matches on the card. I would doubt that they are, but I know those are the three big ones. That's what I was able to find. So Shingo wins A block in fine style. Osprey sort of squeaks by on B block. And these two are two of the biggest 
in, in, in New Japan. Let's talk about that for a second. Shingo is big because when he showed up and he was a you know debuted as a member of LIJ, which is uh, you know which is one of the bigger factions across the planet. Some say it's number one right now. That that's why he's up there, not just because he's an amazing talent, but because he's debuted. He's been able to stay hot since he's debuted. Will Ospreay is in the conversation right now. I hate to use that term. It's such an overused term, but you know how it goes. For the best wrestler on the planet right now. He is. He is that good. He has the look. He can do every move in the world. He, ha- he is the modern face of wrestling. A lot of high flying. However, a very good conventional mat wrestler at the same time can cut a great promo, can work in any situation. However, given the rise of AEW recently, it does put some things into perspective. For example, John Mox, I watched a John Moxley interview. I did, where he finally talked about WWE. He went on Chris Jericho's podcast and talked about it. And he said their creative process is terrible. And most of, you know, most fans could have gone, dude, I don't even know how any of it works, but based on the product on Monday nights, I could have told you it's not great. But either way, it, it's it's an interesting prospect because now it makes me wonder with these guys outside of WWE who have these incredible, just great talent, they can they can do it all. These all-in-one talents that go straight to the top. It makes me wonder if they go and work for a promotion where the style is, we will tell you what to do and you will do it. Will they be as good? Because a, a big reason that that's the way it is is because of how much programming has to be done, okay? Because think about that. New Japan, they do a show every once in a while, they tape it, and then their only TV deal is syndicated. But their main source of viewership is NewJapanWorld.com, which is their streaming service, right? Ring of Honor, same thing. Honor Club is their normal way they get to people, their streaming service. Now, they do have pay-per-view events, Don't get me wrong. And then they are syndicated on Sinclair Broadcasting because that's who they're partnered with. But the syndication is late. Now, Impact, I believe, is about as close to live as you can get. I don't think it's straight up live, but it's about as close to live as you can get. But it's basically just a tape show. And that's perfectly fine. WWE does two live shows a week. And then they have an entire network with two weekly show with three weekly shows on it. I'm sorry. Three weekly shows on it. Actually, four if you count main event. So think about that. Which model do you think would work better if you had that much programming to put out? Think about that. You have four shows on your network and two live shows. And then once a month, sometimes twice a month, you have to do a big pay-per-view style show. Right? Which, which would work better? Will you have to walk around to every locker room and say, hey, do you like what we're doing creatively? Or where there's one person that says, this is what we're doing. It's not going to be popular. It's going to cause dissent. People will leave because of it, i.e. John Moxley. And good for him. I, I'm glad he did. You know? He doesn't have to worry about money anymore. And I'm not taking that angle. Don't, don't misconstrue that. Don't make me, oh, he made his money, so that's why he doesn't care. No, if, if he hadn't made any money in wrestling, but he made this jump, I still think he would be just as happy. They, I, he made it very clear. This has never been a money thing to him. He just likes to be able to do his own thing. He's that kind of guy. We've all watched the interviews with Renee Young, his wife. Trust me, he is a do-his-own-thing kind of guy. Remember on Ride Along with the Shield when he just found a camera? while they were talking to Bailey and Sasha and just started ranting about different types of french fries? that If that's not the clue to you, that he's a do his... I, nobody wrote that for him. Nobody's like, hey, Dean, just start talking about french No, No. And if they are, it was a masterful job of hiding it. But no, he just likes to do his own thing. And in AEW, he's going to be able to do his own thing. Look, AEW wants a lot more open prospects. They, they want a lot more, I guess, freedom in how to handle things. With their talent, they want everybody to be involved in the creative process. They don't want anybody to be cut out. That's fine. That's all. That's good for them. But when you start going into the weekly live TV business on network television, you got network rules. You have all of those unwritten rules of television that people get offended by that nobody tells you. 
And I'm not saying that's going to totally change their product, but at a certain point, somebody might have to say, you know what, let's be as collaborative as we can, but someone has to be the boss that says the buck stops here. Because at a certain point, you hit deadlines and you got to make decisions. You have to. The problem with, with the WWE process apparently is it takes so much to get your ideas to the head of the table, that being Vince McMahon, that by the time you get them there, it might be a little bit too late, and then you have to sort of reconvince him about it. And it's, yeah. But here's the other thing. I also think these are a lot of individual cases. I look at Sasha Banks. She's an individual case. I don't have a problem with what Sasha's doing. She's not showing up. She wants a new deal. She's not going to take a new deal. Uh, if she sits out her contract and leaves and goes somewhere else, more power to her. Go right ahead. Dean wrestled out the rest of his contract. He fulfilled his dates. He didn't want to do it. He begrudgingly did it. He just kind of put his head down. I mean, him and Sasha are in kind of a similar situation. It's just Dean said, no, I'll show up. And Sasha said, I won't. That's really it. That's really the only difference. So I see all of this. And then, you know, Luke Harper, who got his contract extended for time injured, Look, I'm not saying I support WWE's methods, because I don't. However, if you mess with the boss enough, he'll punish you. You got to remember that. I mean, Luke Harper said, release me, release me. They said, no, we're not going to release you. In fact, we're going to add more time to your contract for giving us a hard time. And I realize that might not be fair, but that's how contracts work. Sorry. You signed to work here. You got to work here. And you can't work anywhere else, given the independent contractor and employee difference. For example, it just got put up uh, recently, or I'm sorry, I was informed of it recently by one of the members of Turnbuckle Topics, who lives out Western California. He doesn't think WWE or AEW might come to California if a new law that's coming up gets passed. Because a new law is about to go through California State Senate which talks about the difference between employees and independent contractors. And the way WWE works is they're employees, but they're listed as independent contractors. And I believe AEW is kind of doing the same thing. So because of that, I don't, if that law passes, they have no reason to go to California again because they're not going to be able to operate the way they want. I'm, I'm just saying. Things like this will affect you. But other than that, there is a lot going down this week. Like I said, best of uh, best of Super Juniors. And then Impact Wrestling on Friday. What a powerhouse lineup. First of all, we have a knockouts championship match between Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. Nice. The Impact tag titles are on the line between LAX and the Rascals. Scarlett Bordeaux and Fala Ba. Yep, that's his name. All 400 pounds of them are going to take on OVE in an intergender tag match because it's two guys versus a guy and a girl. And then Sammy Callahan and his new, I guess, monster is what he referred to him, Madman Fulton, are going to be in action. And then Kira Hogan is going to go one-on-one with Jordan Grace and what's probably going to be an awesome women's match. And that's all I'm going to say about that. If you want to know more about Impact Wrestling, you should listen to The Bearded Impact with Chris Pinero on Turnbuckle Topics. This is where I stop talking about Impact. That is not my job on this particular network. Now, there's a very controversial thing going down. There are two controversial things going down. And one of them really isn't controversial. It's more just sort of a just kind of a natural happening that's been ex- escalated by social media. And that is people are so- are worried about the health of Ring of Honor right now. They're worried about the health of it as a company. Now, look, I knew losing the elite would hit them. I didn't know it would almost kill them. Because Matt Taven is your world champion. Okay. Shane Taylor is your TV champion. All right. I- I'm just saying. I'm not saying those are bad decisions. It's just, you know, their next big show is Best in the World, which happens uh, right here in Baltimore. And Matt Taven has taken on Jeff Cobb, which has huge box office potential, for lack of a better word. The TV title is on the lane, uh, on the line, on the lane, on the line, as Shane Taylor takes on Bandito. And then the six-man tag titles are supposed to be on the line where Villain Enterprises takes on opponents to be determined. That's really all I got on that one at the moment. But let me just talk about Ring of Honor for a second. I didn't think the Elite would hit him this hard. And then... 
there's this story that came out recently about a fan at an ROH show, you know, yelling back and forth at wrestlers, and then he gets brought backstage, and they say, hey, man, you know, don't yell about this stuff. Go be a fan. And then they bring him back to his seat. Like, they kind of intimidated him. Like, hey, don't say that. Now, the guy who did it is, he, he tweeted it in multiple tweets and told the whole story. I actually sent him a message and said, hey, do you want to come on my show and tell the story bigger? He hasn't gotten back to me. We'll, we'll see. I'm on every week. We'll see. But that's a weird concept, is to bring him backstage, sit him in a room, and have one of your wrestlers effectively intimidate him because of what he said. Now, granted, this was kind of back and forth. The wrestlers he were going at were women who happened to be heels. They were being heels, which is bad guy, for those of you who don't know the terms. They were being heels. He was just firing stuff back, and he got a little more personal than usual. Okay? Now, I don't think it was anything too over the top, but this was about even Steven. Now, I don't know about bringing fans in the back and intimidating them to not saying anything because Ring of Honors had a little bit of problems selling tickets anyway. The, the buy rates have not been usual. You've really only got one talent to cling to right now. Why? They haven't scrambled. And I mean forget storylines, forget unwritten rules, forget regular procedure. Scrambled to get the world title on Marty Skrull as fast as they possibly can. Dude, I don't have a problem with Matt Taven. I don't have a problem with Jay Lethal. I don't have a problem with Kenny King, friend of the show. I don't have a problem with it. But right now, your biggest draw is the villain, Marty Skrull. It is a fact. Why you don't have that belt on him right now, I don't know. And just let him keep it for six until his contract is up, which is in the summer. So those rumors are swirling a lot. Is he going to go to AEW with all of his elite buddies? There are rumors he might end up in NXT working for Triple H slash Vince McMahon. Does he re-sign with Japan but not Ring of Honor? I'm not sure. Now, my first instinct is AEW because AEW has been able to sway everybody and it seems like the Elite are really cool guys and Marty is technically a member of the Elite. Okay? So that's my first stance. My second thought is you go to NXT. Why? Because his character works at NXT. Also, if you remember the way contracts work in WWE, they sign you to an NXT contract, Right? And then they have to give you a new one if you get called up, air quotes, to the main roster. So have you noticed how long people's NXT deals have been now? People are signing multi-year NXT deals because it's the hottest brand next to AEW in the industry right now. And they do everything they can to make it seem like it's a minor leagues. It's not. It's, it's just as big. Trust me. Okay. Dude, Tyler Breeze went back to NXT. And competed at TakeOver 25 on Saturday. He got a huge reception. He looked great. Again, I'll talk about that later. But right now, the state of the business is, it's very much a double-edged sword. It's a combination of, it's never been a better time to be a fan. Because there's so much out there. AEW is going to be a nice shot in the arm, a nice change of pace. And it's forced WWE to try to do something different. Dude... I'm saying this for two reasons. One, because I got to mention it on the show because it was great. And second, I'm just really curious about how my producer reacts to this. R-Truth lost and regained in about a 90-second period his 24-7 championship on a golf course yesterday. See, I knew it would happen. I think it would happen this fast. But the 24-7 title officially changed hands twice on Twitter, okay? Like, that was it. It was on Twitter. And there were three things I have to point out. One, it was on a golf course, which is just amazing. Secondly, R-Truth is still one of the funniest dudes they have going right now. Trust me. And thirdly, Jinder Mahal was in full gear on the golf course. And a ref just rolled up with him. Now, hopefully you will join the cause that me and my Termical Topics fellows are pushing, which is that one day Otis Dozovich will be the 24-7 champion. Because what we want to happen is we want Otis to win it accidentally just so he can reveal it to Tucker Knight and tell him he won a belt. Like he wins it and just walks up, Tucker, they gave me a belt! Like, that's what we want to see. Anyway. 
So who has been 24-7 champion? Titus O'Neil was the first one. Bobby Roode was the second one. R-Truth was the third one. Then he briefly lost it to Elias, won it back, lost it to Jinder on the golf course for 18 seconds, and won it back. So R-Truth is currently your 24-7. Look, this is Crash Holly with the hardcore title. I'm flashing back here to when one of my – here's my favorite real, real quick because I'm up against a break. But real quick, my favorite hardcore title backstage memory was when Gerald Briscoe's 60-some-year-old behind won it from Crash Holly while he was sleeping. And then Pat Patterson took it from Gerald Briscoe by breaking a champagne bottle over his head. And, what, and the best part of it is – at the time, head official Mike Kyoto jumps through the locker room door to count the three. And all I could think of is, hey, we're going to do this thing where I take it off. Who's going to do it? And, and you know Kyoto was like, I got I to do I'll do it. <laughs> I got to count this fall, man. I did, like that, That's who I want to talk about in this is the refs. I want to talk to the refs like, yeah, I'll do it, yeah. No, I'll fly out to a golf course with Jinder to take the title off truth for 14 seconds. Yeah, I'll do that. That's what I want to talk about in this. All right. Well, when I come back, we are going to try something different. I am going to have open phone lines, and I want to know what is your favorite match from TakeOver 25. That's what I want to know. Give me a shout, 410-481-1300. I'll be back in a second. Traffic above Baltimore is still heavy on the inner loop from Park Heights Avenue all the way to Mock Raven Boulevard at the JFX, a two-vehicle collision shutting down the right shoulder. Packed on either side of 29 as it moves right past 100, the same moving north in the Harbor Tunnel, just a little slow in the Fort McHenry. Heading west on 100, traffic is heavy as it crosses 295, jammed in either direction on 295, north or southbound at 32. With your traffic, I'm Nathan Scott on CBS Sports Radio 1300. We've all had someone in our lives that suffered with depression. It can be painful, whether it's you or someone you love. Sometimes medication and talk therapy just aren't enough. That's why Greenbrook TMS, the nation's leading TMS therapy provider, gives patients a life-changing, safe and effective treatment for depression that allows you to go right back to your daily activities, covered by most insurance. To schedule a free consultation for you or a loved one, visit GreenbrookTMS.com. Greenbrook TMS, we're here to help. Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. Pitch hitting, catcher number two. Also Karen in row J eating the hot dog. Did you mean to tip 167% yesterday at Lake Cafe restaurant? Just checking. So meet Eno, the Capital One assistant that catches things that might look wrong, like over tipping, then sends an alert to your phone and helps you fix it. Eno, another way Capital One is watching out for your money when you're not. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details. Limitations apply. You know that one thing you really want that's just way too expensive? But did you check eBay? Or let's say you want the vintage one and the brand new one. Ah, but did you check eBay? Or it's sold out literally everywhere. Or they don't have your size. They stopped making that one two seasons ago. Basically, you want what you can't have. You know, shopping problems. But seriously... Did you check eBay? When is the best time to upgrade your AC system? At Carroll Home Services, the time is right now. Take advantage of instant rebates up to $1,200. And when you mention CBS Sports Radio, you'll get a free air cleaner with the new install. Count on Carol for reliable, professional service with trained experts second to none. When June is over, these deals are over. So call Carol today, 410-235-9911, or visit carolhomeservices.com. Every Monday night from 6 to 7, it's the top of the rope wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, once again, here's the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, our phone lines are open. Give me a call by NXT TakeOver 25, 410-481-1300. I've got Wes on with me. Wes, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, man. What's uh, what's good? You want to talk NXT? What's happening? See, I think that the best match was a tag team match. Okay, well, I mean, it's it's that's a good call. I mean, you got four of your well, I'm not four of your at and right now the four best 
in NXT, and right. you hang the titles from a ladder and see who can survive. So, right. And we all know it wasn't Kyle O'Reilly, uh, right. <laughs> unfortunately I think, for him. I think that, uh, what's his name, uh, Blake, the, uh, the other guy, the third guy from the Forgotten Sons, it, he, he came out looking like a Hulk. Oh man, I you see I, I've mentioned this before about about Riker Jackson Riker you're talking Riker. about Riker I want to call him Gunner I still want to call him Gunner it, it, <laughs> is if you look at the Forgotten Sons and you see this you you look at all three of them and you go wait a minute the guy the dude in the back that looks the part he's the one that hasn't been in NXT right and that's it, that always kind of shocks me I mean I know this is he's not new to wrestling at all but. To see that the other two guys have been here forever, and he's the one that looks the part the most. I mean, As he's so. jacked. He's yeah, jacked. I, yeah. I think that match was so good it overshadowed Velveteen and Tyler. I, I mean, there were people tweeting about Velveteen and Tyler saying it was a bad match, and and I don't think it was because it wasn't in any way, shape, or form. It's just I think I just the think latter match place. was yeah, it was it just was so, so good. crazy. <laughs> that, and people uh, were still celebrating, with, you know, with three profits in the crowd and. Uh -huh. This is a bad place to put them, so we're kind of like way overshadowed. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. All right, well, thanks for calling in, Wes. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks. All right, man. Wes liked the ladder match. Give me a shout. 410-481-1300. What was your favorite match from TakeOver 25? I'll tell you mine. Get this thing going. It was not the main event. Uh, by the way, everyone in my network is going to text me at the same time when I say this. It was the women's match. I liked it. Now, partially it's because I am a rabid, and I mean rabid, Shayna Baszler fan. That's part of it. But the other part of it is they did an awesome job. They do. Shayna's gotten better at kind of not standing there taking it, kind of, sort of, because she does that sometimes. Look, EO should rise on a whole other level. EO will be the NXT Women's Champion at some point. Everybody knows it. She has every tool. She's awesome. She has the look. D don't worry about it. But... The reason I'm doing this is because this is my bragging moment. I told everybody Shayna. I said there were three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Basil retains. I said that. And what happened? Look, I'm not saying EO wasn't ready for it. Because she is. EO's ready for it. But the cool thing I've noticed about people is nobody came at me because nobody thinks Shayna's bad. Nobody dislikes her. They just she's just been champ for a long time. And people want to see a new champ. And I get that. I understand that. I do. I understand that. Cause I I think EO's got a pretty good, you know, EO EO's got a pretty good run in her at NXT. Don't call her up too fast. Kyrie Sane, I think it was a good call to call her up. Now, granted, she hasn't been around that much. They paired her with Asuka. Okay, fine. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors, as they're called. It's all right. But as far as TakeOver 25 goes, dude, dude, it, uh, it was a heck of a show. Because as Wes mentioned, it was weird placement for Dream. And, and But on this card, you really wonder what is a good spot to be in. There is no good or bad spot to be on this card. You have to expect it at this point. These shows are so ridiculously good now. You, it's, you have to expect it. We open with Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong, who had a certified banger of a match. Matt Riddle came out on top. By the way, there are Matt Riddle rumors that we'll go over in the next segment. Then the, the vacant NXT tag team titles were on the line in a four-team ladder match, which involved the Undisputed Era, which was represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, formerly Red Dragon for you ROHers out there, the Street Profits, the Forgotten Sons, and Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Now, here's the thing, right? The Street Profits won, which is good. It's been a long time coming. They deserve the titles. That's fine. But I have two things to bring up about this. Number one, Wesley Blake, he killed himself for this match, man. There was a spot, i got to describe this piece by piece, and just try to imagine this as it's happening, right? Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are both carrying a ladder towards the ring. Like, hey, we're going to bring this in and try to climb up for the belts, right? And then Wesley Blake just dives through the middle rope directly into the ladder <laughs> to take them out. Just full speed. No, I mean, the ladders are not fake, people. I'm talking steel ladders, man. Just right into it. <laughs> 
You take, but it's not. It wasn't a spot like, oh, he messed up. Like, no, he willingly charged into a ladder head first, just for the spot. Stuff like that is incredible to me. This is why I admire these men and women because they do stuff like that. Like, you know, there was at least one guy backstage like, Wes, are, are you sure you're okay with this spot, man? And he was like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll dive in a ladder. I don't care. Like, like you know, that's how it was going to happen. Like, that had to happen at least once. Well, that's, are you really, really? Yeah. But yeah, that was a heck of a match. Street Profits won. And then Velveteen Dream faced Tyler Breeze for the NXT North American Champion Championship. Velveteen had a pretty good entrance. It was more the outfit than the entrance. It was sort of old schooly piratey kind of thing. I mean, he had the puffy shirt on. I guess he was going for more like blue blood. He kind of looked like Triple H's original character. He looked like the original idea for Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That's kind of what he looked like. And then Tyler Breeze, he looked great. And here's what I'll say about Tyler Breeze's character. I've always loved the supermodel character. I've always loved the Prince Pretty character. I think he could have been an NXT champion. I really do think he had all the tools. However, the experience he's earned in WWE has made his character that much better and him that much better as a wrestler and an all-around talent because he was always good in NXT. Now he's great. I, I just think that's the case. By the way, give me a shout. What's your favorite takeover match? 410-481-1300. That's 410-481-1300. Then we had the NXT women's title, Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai, and Shayna hung on by the skin of her teeth, hung on. Thanks to the wonderful Kirabuta Clutch. And then after the match, Io Shirai picks up a kendo stick and a chair and starts beating up Shayna. Wait a minute. See, here's why it's, wait a minute. Shayna is clearly the heel in this. Shayna's the heel. Io is the babyface. Why is the babyface beating up the heel after she lost? Isn't that what heels do? I'm not saying it was a bad call. It was a very interesting idea. It was, because I think, the image of it was more, she just can't contain the anger. So she just has to just beat the crap out of her. Just, I can't, I can't take this that I lost to you. I can't do it. So that rivalry isn't over. And I have a feeling when it ends, EO will take the title from Shayna. I do. But uh, hopefully when it's over, that means Shayna's going to get called up. You know why? For two reasons. One, it, it's about time Shayna got called up. She deserves it. She could do big things on, on the main roster. Uh, she could fill the Ronda Rousey role. And I think she would probably be better at doing it than Ronda was. Uh, maybe not star power wise, but rest, WWE style wrestling wise, ability wise. And then the other reason is if you don't call Shayna up and you have EO lose that title, if EO skyrockets after she wins it, even more than she already has, then she has to lose the title. And if Shayna's still in NXT, she's going to be the safe option to put the thing back on if there's nobody else up there, if Shayna is still in NXT. So think about that. I don't know. I think Shayna's going to hang on to it for a while. I mean, I think EO will beat her for it eventually, but they got to get a couple other ladies in line to challenge for that title before they take it off Shayna. I think that's the issue here. Then we have the main event. Johnny Gargano slash Johnny Wrestling slash Johnny Champion slash Johnny Cleveland slash Johnny whatever versus Adam Cole, baby! Now, Adam Cole is your new NXT champion. Let's just stay there for a minute. <laughs> He's our new champion, and that's pretty cool. We've expected this to happen earlier than it did. Another instant classic of a main event. I mean, these guys... Dude, if four years from now they're they're main eventing WrestleMania with each other, I'm not, I'm in no way surprised. These two are unbelievable. Adam Cole is every bit the star you want him to be, and he he, he pulled off another great one. Him he did. Johnny did. See, I don't think Johnny should go anywhere. I know Johnny was kind of called up, you know, with Champa and and those guys. You know, I know he was kind of called up. But I don't think Johnny should go anywhere. I think Johnny's exactly where he needs to be in NXT right now, even without the title. Nobody's the NXT underdog like Johnny Gargano. Nobody has been the flag waver slash flag bearer of NXT quite like Johnny Gargano has. Which leads me to a little bit of a fantasy situation, okay? Let's imagine the six big promotions have 
a six-way – no, let's make it even more fun than that. Forget a six-man battle royal. No. Or a six-man elimination match. No. Let's put him in a chamber. The, the elimination chamber match of all of the flag bearers of every major brand. Who would that be? Who would that be? Now, remember, I'm, I'm counting the main roster as one entity, right? It would be Roman Reigns representing the main roster of WWE. NXT would be Johnny Gargano. NXT UK would be Pete Dunne. New Japan would be Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ring of Honor would be Jay Lethal. And Impact, it would probably be Killer Cross. If it's not Killer Cross, it's Brian Cage. More than likely Brian Cage. So think about that, if that happens. Think about it. That would be fun. So yeah. I think it would be a cool idea. For those of you who are creative in WWE 2K19, please feel free to do such a thing. Feel free. All right. I got David with me. David, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's up? I'm, I'm doing good, man. What you got for me? Well, I uh, was just hearing you talk about uh, NXT TakeOver 25 and yeah. uh, talking about some of our favorite NXT matches. I would say up until 25, I would still say the best one was the North American Championship ladder match because it seems like whenever you introduce a ladder match into NXT these days, it's an instant recipe for success. I don't remember one within the past year, year and a half that I've disliked, but this tag team uh, championship match at 25 was absolutely phenomenal. You had all the right ingredients there. You had uh, the, the lovable baby faces with the Street Profits. You had the lovable heels with the Undisputed Era. You had the Forgotten Sons drawing pretty much all the heat there. Like Every element in this match was near perfection for a tag team ladder match. And this was the one I kind of looked at when I looked at the card in general, and I just had so many question marks going like, oh, yeah, the era are cool, Street Profits are cool, but I don't know how this is going to work. But yeah. as soon as that match was done, I was wholeheartedly cheering from home. It was it was <laughs> phenomenal. No, I, I was I was right there with you, man. I mean, I, I, I always try to break it down and see, you know, who, who could win this as far as in a, a sensible, as far as wrestling goes, sensible which is a different kind of sensible yeah. um, as far as that works. And I figured it's it's not going to be Birch and Lorkin because Lorkin's basically a 205 guy now, and Birch yeah. is effectively on his way to becoming a full-time NXT UKer. The, the Forgotten Sons would be a great way to catch heat. It's just the best guy in their faction isn't in the match. I mean, he made an appearance, but he wasn't one of the guys holding a belt. And then the era really don't need it. And even if they lose it, they're not going to lose any steam over it. So yeah, it, it wasn't inevitable. Don't get me wrong. I'm never. I look at Triple H's booking, and I never think he's predictable. But the, no, not at all. But you know, the, I, I I see the the profits is a good call. And yeah, no, I was I was all for it. It was cool to see to see Bridgeport going nuts for them, and it was uh, it was. I think every ladder match takes another step up. And I'm with you. If you ever made a list of the best NXT ladder matches, it would have all of them on it <laughs> yeah it, 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 you wouldn't leave one off and go yeah that one wasn't great no even if you rank them it's not even the ones at the bottom of the list are not bad that's like looking at uh like different pieces of cake and saying oh yeah they were all great but none, <laughs> yeah none of them were bad this is just the ones i liked more yeah no i hear you all right dave thanks for the call man no problem have all a good right. one dave talks nxt hey went back in time the what decided the inaugural North American champion, who was Adam Cole. Yeah, that was a good one. But yeah, no man, hey, you 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 gotta you gotta dig it, man. It's it's it was a fun match. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was it was a great show. So I gotta step away again. I gotta shut my phone lines up, guys. I'm sorry. Thanks for the guys who called in. Don't worry, they'll be open again next week. Same segment. But when I come back, we're gonna talk about that controversial show in Saudi Arabia. And the rumors of what we may see this evening. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Alban Rents has been reloading. 
New management, new equipment, new locations with the same reliability you've come to trust. We're equipped to help you with any job. Get started today at albanrents.com. That's albanrents.com. Rents reloaded. More than just dirt. If you're a fan of 105.7 The Fan, now's your chance to show Baltimore. Visit 1057thefan.com to purchase some of our cool fan gear to wear to your next O's game. This is Top of the Room. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, give it up for the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. Talk about your quick turnarounds. Well, welcome back. To finish things up, we're going to talk about the controversial show in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, that WWE is doing. It is called Super Showdown. Yep, the exact same name as the show in Australia from a while ago. Apparently, that is the template for international pay-per-view that will take place in a big stadium. So here's what's going down at this. First... We have one of the most ill-advised matches as far as public relations I've seen in a long time, and that is the Lucha House Party versus Lars Sullivan. Here, let me cover both sides of this. Let me cover the wrestling side of it and then the, I guess for lack of better terms, somewhat political side of it. I'll go political first. Do you really want to have the giant monster-looking guy from Colorado who had to go to sensitivity training for saying racially insensitive things beat up three Hispanic guys? Do you really want to do that? Like, I'm, I'm just like I, I'm just not sure. You're already in Saudi Arabia. That's a bad enough look. And then you're gonna do this while you're there. I'm, I'm just not sure. That's the first part of it. The second part of it from the wrestling thing is they're trying to make Lars look like an absolute monster. It's working so far. I don't think the Lucha House Party is the right way to go about this, just because they all weigh less than him combined, all three of them. So I expect Lars to just walk all over these guys. Then we have a 50 man battle royal. Now, if you remember, the last time we were in Saudi Arabia, we had a 50-man Royal Rumble. They called it the greatest Royal Rumble. However, now it's a battle royal. So that makes you wonder, is it going to be everybody in the ring at the same time? They're just going to have 50 guys in there and ring a bell and see what happens? Because if that's the case, all right. See, I'm trying to pick a winner for every match here. I don't, I, I don't know if I can pick a winner in this one. I don't know who's going to win this match. I'm not sure. I, I have no idea. But I, I don't know. But yeah, we have the 50-man battle royal. Then we have Triple H versus Randy Orton, which seems like a direct request from the crown prince of the resurgence of an old rivalry. Look, Orton can still go. Triple H has always stepped up when it means a lot. And I think these two are going to do just fine. It's not going to be a five-star, blow-the-roof-off type match, but they're going to do just fine. It's going to be good enough to watch. And I think Triple H goes over because this show really doesn't connect too much as far as storyline is concerned. So it doesn't really matter who wins in that aspect. Then Roman Reigns is going to face Shane McMahon. Uh, Roman's going over. You're crazy if you think otherwise. Uh, I'm sure he sells a lot of merchandise. I bet he's got a lot of fans even over there in Jeddah. And Shane McMahon, as much of a heel as he's been, I I don't don't see him getting over with that one, even though he has good history in Saudi Arabia as far as wrestling goes. No, I think Roman goes over. Then Strowman is facing Lashley. Look, this match deserves to be on an American pay-per-view with a three-month build. This match has a lot of potential to me. It really does. Two really athletic big men that can do anything you could ever imagine in a wrestling ring. Yeah. No, don't just throw it up in Jetta after three weeks. Don't do that. This, this could have been so much bigger. I think Strowman goes over. But this could have been so much bigger. Then we have the match that everyone has always wanted to see about 15 years too late. And that is Goldberg... Versus The Undertaker. Look, huge names. Huge possibilities. The entrances are going to be incredible. And I bet you they wrestle for a combined 11 minutes. But it's just 15 years too late. I mean, Taker's pushing 60. I think Goldberg is 50-something. And I'm not saying these guys won't be able to go. It's just, 
it's not going to be what we think unless they totally shock us. It's not going to be what, what we think. I think Undertaker goes over, however, because he's the Undertaker. That's how it works. Then we have our title matches. The Intercontinental Championship is on the line as Andrade takes on Finn Balor as the Demon, which is pretty cool. I mean, I always love to see the Demon. I don't like how they announce it all the time, but it's going to be cool to see the Demon. And I believe Finn retains. I don't think any... Uh, I don't really think any titles are going to move. Then the Universal title uh, is supposed to be Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Now, here's the deal. There are rumors that Seth might be injured or that Seth does not want to work the Saudi Arabia show. So that leads to one of the rumors about tonight's Raw. It's been announced that Brock Lesnar is cashing in his Money in the Bank contract to challenge Seth Rollins for the Universal title. It's been announced. It's been announced. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But it's been announced. So the rumor is that he might take the belt off Seth because Seth doesn't want to work Saudi Arabia. So they'll put the belt on Brock and Brock will go work Saudi Arabia because Brock don't care. So that's the rumor. Now, the other rumor on top of that is that when Brock tries to do it, a certain bro from NXT is going to show up and stop Brock from doing it. Dude, Matt Riddle has been tweeting at Lesnar for a year talking about how he wants to retire him. So there are, there are rumors that he shows up on Raw and stops Brock from cashing in or something to that effect. I don't know how true they are. They're in Austin, Texas. Big city. Pos- wrestling, wrestling positive city. Good crowds there. They love wrestling in Texas, man. So I- I'm curious. Now, if the match goes over as planned, Rollins versus Corbin, I think Seth goes over. If Brock takes the title from him and it's Corbin versus Lesnar in Saudi Arabia, then I just have no idea. Part of me thinks Brock retains and just squashes Corbin because it's Brock and he has a better contract than you. But the other part of me thinks, what if Corbin took it off of him and then Corbin comes back from Saudi Arabia as universal champion? The ultimate heat move. Hey, I'm going to take the belt off of your favorite put it on a part-timer, and then have him lose it in a show that nobody's watching to the most hated guy in the last four years. That'll be an interesting move. Then we have the WWE Championship, which is Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. Now that is a confirmed rumor that Kevin Owens did not want to work the Saudi Arabia show. So they had Dolph Ziggler come back because Dolph will work the Saudi show and Dolph is going to challenge Kofi for the title. So unless Kofi gets injured mid-match, Kofi Kingston is going to retain his championship. So in short, none of the champions advance and all of the bigger names get wins. Yep. All the popular guys win. Undertaker, Strowman, Roman Reigns, Triple H, now, Lars Sullivan's going to win, but that's just because I don't see Lucha House Party, whatever. And then none of the titles are going to change hands. Unless Lesnar cashes in successfully tonight, then the universal title to me is potentially in doubt in Jeddah. I, I really do think that. I really do think so. And then you got the 50-man battle royal. I have no idea who's going to win that thing. but I wouldn't be surprised if the 24-7 championship came into play during the 50-man battle royal. I wouldn't be surprised. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, well. I know who my pick is to win if he makes the trip. Otis! Let Otis win the 50-man. Just because. Even if there's nothing attached to it, no accomplishment of any sort. Let him win it. Who cares? So there is your controversial one. A couple things have come out about that. Uh, apparently, uh, Saudi officials told WWE to keep Sami Zayn off of the show because of his ethnicity. Now, look, the Saudi Arabians are never going to get a good look from, let's just face it, they're just not. They are not known as a progressive society. So this is the question is, I mean, is this at the end of the day that it's just Vince getting a giant check from from the Saudis? Is that really what this is? Because here, here's my thing about it, right? If, if a lot of the younger wrestlers who wrestle on an everyday basis if they don't want to go then this is a great opportunity for wwe because all you got to do is bring in all your part-timers just to make the saudis clap for 
an hour. You get a giant check for it that can pay off eight pay-per-views. And then you're you're set. And then your regular talent doesn't have to do it. Why not do that? I would do that. Do an all do a mostly part-timer show. Cause think about it. Look, look, look at this. Undertaker and Goldberg. They ain't wrestling every day. I'm sorry. Strowman and Lashley. Yes, they're everyday guys, but they're two big giant guys. Okay? Apparently the Crown Prince was a big Andre the Giant guy. So that's probably why this is happening. Actually, a couple years ago, uh, the Crown Prince asked for Andre the Giant to appear at an event, even though he had been dead for several years. So, hey. Then Roman Reigns, worldwide star, fine. And Shane is a McMahon, so he don't care. Triple H, again, not wrestling every day. More of a, more of a suit nowadays, and I mean that in the greatest possible way. Right? Randy Orton, he don't care. Then you got the 50-man battle royal, which is going to be a bunch of jobbers, effectively, a couple mid-carters, and then the Lucha House Party, who are 205 Live guys who aren't really that well-known to the main roster, and Lars Sullivan, who, based on his past statements, probably isn't too worried about PR coming out of Saudi Arabia. And then you put your two big titles on the line, where the champions are obligated to do their job, whether they want to or not. Ziggler has worked a big match at, in Saudi Arabia before. He's clearly okay with it now. Baron Corbin is the biggest heel ever. If you work the Saudi show, that's an amazing push for your heel career. And then Finn Balor wants to encourage the world to be more unified. And he's all about, you know, Balor Club is for everyone. So why, why not go to Saudi Arabia and do that? And Andrade is a young guy trying to break in with the company who's not going to say no. Other than that, what stars on what wrestlers on this show are you concerned about when it comes to their PR? I'm not concerned with anybody's PR on this show at all. They picked the perfect group to go to Saudi Arabia. It's guys who have been there before, part-timers, members of the McMahon family, whether by blood or by marriage, a bunch of jobbers, the champions who are contractually obligated, and then a young guy who just wants to make it. That's the perfect group. You couldn't have messed that. You can't mess that up. I'm just saying. You can't mess that one up. I, I think it was a good call. I do. So let's get into Raw this evening is what we might see, other than the Matt Riddle rumors, of course. I feel like on Raw, you're going to see a couple 24-7 champion segments, which I, I hope they give them more of them, you know? Like, that's just the one thing I want – the writers and everybody to realize on Raw. Not just, you know, there's a lot going on that needs to be sh- shifted up a little bit. But here's the big thing, right? It's a three-hour show. Act like it. You got three hours. You don't need to limit people's time. You have three hours. It's very easy to make this work. You got time for a lot of things. For example, the women... Where are the women? I know Sasha ain't been around, but hey, Becky's your Raw champion. She's got pull. Nikki Cross is making cool appearances. Alexa Bliss is basically a regular wrestler again. Uh, I you got a you got a roster. You got a lot of talent. I think Mickey James got injured, unfortunately. But you got a lot of talent. Don't be afraid of it. Use it. Give the women a bigger slot. Give somebody a push who hasn't gotten a push in a while. Something like that. Because i got to be honest, I, I'm, I have a much longer leash on Raw than a lot of people do. I mean, there are, there are some people who don't watch it anymore at this point. I have a much longer leash on it. But, dude, you got to give me more to look forward to over a three-hour show than 24-7 champion title segments, potentially a, a Money in the Bank cash-in, and the Firefly Funhouse. That's it. Right now for Raw, as far as what I am waiting to see, it is, will Brock cash in? Will the Riddle rumors come true? How good is the Firefly Funhouse going to be this week? And what shenanigans are they going to pull with the 24-7 title? That's it. Other than that, I have no idea what else is going on. Dude, your tag team champions are Hawkins and Ryder. Look, I'm sure they're good dudes. They're good wrestlers. They're talented enough guys. But come, just you got to do something about the tag team division, man. 
and it looks like they're gearing up the Usos to put the titles on the Usos. Here's the problem. If you put the titles on the on the Usos right now, there's not anybody else on that show good enough to take them from them. But also remember, when the new TV deal rolls around with Fox in October, I believe it is, and they got to move SmackDown from Tuesday to Friday, and the Fox wants the brand split gone. You know why? They signed a half a billion dollar contract. You better believe they want the whole roster. I love how people are going, oh, there goes a brand split. Yeah. Yeah. I get rid of the brand split, too. If I were a Fox executive, I would go, wait, so you mean we're paying you this and we get half your guys? No. Nah. We want everybody. So you mean to tell me we wrote this deal and Roman Reigns won't show up? Eh, wrong. I'm just saying. You mean we don't get Seth Rollins? I'm out. No, man. They want everybody. And that makes sense. That's a good business call to want everybody so why not go for it seriously but as far as this evening goes yeah man i'm i'm very curious about how this is going to work out i'd like to see some changes go up just don't fill time with with weird promos and you know just don't no just throw another match in there do so it's three hours you can let the guys wrestle for longer than that where is cedric alexander where is EC3 doing his entrance at, at 40%? Where, where? Just give him a shot. You got three hours of TV time. Give him a shot. People appreciate it. I'm just saying. If there's something there for him, there's something there for him. If there's not, there's not. I mean, thank goodness they got the Usos. They're entertaining guys. They can make a lot of things work for themselves. Seth Rollins is a heck of a guy to have the title on right now. Finn Balor has done nothing with his Intercontinental title. Absolutely nothing. Like I've said before, last person who held it, who I cared about, was The Miz. Finn, nothing. Demon or not. Nothing with it. It's just an accessory for him right now. So either take it off of him and move him on to something else, or have him do something with it that makes it matter. That's all, that's, that's all I ask. So if there are any creative types from WWE listening, Put in your paperwork now so it gets through before the show starts, okay? Okay. You got an hour. It'll probably make it to it. It'll probably make it to his desk. I'm just saying, there is nothing indicating that any part of WWE is at its end right now. The company is in great shape. Don't worry about it. There's only one promotion right now that's not in great shape, and that's Ring of Honor, unfortunately. So I I just got to... You you, got to, when it comes to Raw, I don't want to just take the high road and say you have an open mind. Look, there's stuff to complain about. I'm not going to lie. There there are things, this show doesn't work. But isn't it kind of amazing how pretty much every other product under the sun, except maybe ROH right now, is really worth watching, except Monday Night Raw? And yes, that includes everything else WWE. SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, everything else is worth watching. But Raw... It can be tough. It can be tough. All right, guys, that's it for me. I got to get out of here. Thank you to everybody who called. Remember, next week, the phones will be open at the same segment. It should be a lot of fun. Listen to everybody else on my network, Turnbuckle Topics, please. All right, I'm going to go out here and determine whether or not I have heart palpitations, if the Orioles take Ruckman number one or not, because they should. I'm out of here. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I do my best when I feel safe and inspired to learn. That's a school board thing. We need to prepare students for the jobs of the future. That's a school board thing. School boards transform communities. Text SCHOOL to 225568 to learn about school board meetings. Message and data rates may apply. I'm a veteran. We hit a mine in Vietnam. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. My victory's been never giving up hope. DAV helps veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I finally admitted, with my PTSD, I wasn't doing well. So veterans can reach victories, great and small. Now I wish I'd found DAV sooner. My victory is just enjoying each day. Support more victories for veterans. 
go to DAV.org. Is your house starting to feel hot and muggy, or is your home's AC on its last leg? Summer is here, and so is the heat, so it's time to start thinking about getting your AC system in tip-top shape. For over a century, Farnan and Dermer, the comfort guys, have been keeping families like yours comfortable with their energy-efficient HVAC systems. Schedule a tune-up with Farnan and Dermer today for just $89, or you can purchase a new system with special financing available. Not to mention, Farnan and Dermer has same-day air conditioning repair. Also, ask about our train systems. Farnan and Dermer's powerful train systems will keep you comfortable day and night, and they'll keep your utility bill in check. Take it from the comfort guys, it's hard to stop a train. So keep your family comfy, no matter what the weather brings, and call the comfort guys today at 410-902-0020, or visit them online at comfortguyshvac.com. That's comfortguyshvac.com. Farnan and Dermer, Baltimore's most reliable air conditioning, heating, and plumbing service. They're the comfort guys, and they've been making your family's comfort their family's business since 1902. Subject to credit approval, contact Farnan and Dermer for details. The preceding was a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. CBS Sports Radio 1300 is WJZ AM Baltimore, WJZ FM HD3, Cajunsville, Baltimore, your home for Towson University Sports and live sports talk around the clock.